Hey everyone, and welcome to The Nostalgia Effect, the podcast where we examine movies from our childhood through the lens of adulthood. I almost forgot the intro for some reason. I wow, mean, you think you'd have this memorized by now. I'm surprised you don't recite it in your sleep. We've done a bunch of them. I know, this is our 70th episode. <laughs> last last episode was our 69th episode, guys. 69. This is our 70th. 69, dude. But we got Joe and Johnny. The, the gang's all here today, and we have a Yo. very... Um, at least our talking trailers is going to be fun. I will say that. I don't know if the rest of this episode will be as fun. <laughs> oh, listener. <It'll> be fun. <laughs> Abandoned ship now, listener. <laughs> but hey, wait until talking trailers is over because we have some fun stuff to talk about. We're going to do a spoiler-free uh, review of the first episode of Loki. Only because none of us have seen the second episode. It came out today of us recording. And then Joe and I are going to talk a little bit about Avengers Campus because we went the second day of opening. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very interesting. So stick I wasn't around. I was invited. So um, it, was, it, was, uh, it was very offended. You it, would not hurt have. my feelings. You, and um, Johnny, yeah, I think you we're going to get into it. So stick day. around. <laughs> you would have been a very grumpy Gus. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. I'm just, but I'm let's just talk about joshing Loki, you. Because I have a lot of thoughts about this first episode of Loki. I'm ready for Johnny's grievances about Avengers Campus. Oh, oh we'll get to them, sir. <laughs> yeah, we gotta, Joe, we gotta leave them wanting to listen to the episode. Hold on to your butts, all right? Because it's gonna, it's, it's gonna be good. Um, yeah, well, Loki, I mean, who wants to go first? Amy? Amy. <laughs> I can go first, yeah. I mean, the first initial thing, and I saw this on, somebody posted it on Twitter, is the first thing I noticed is Pillboy is in this episode. Yeah. He plays the receptionist. Where you oh, give, he... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, it's funny, I spotted him from uh, a show that I don't watch. Um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. How, how do you know him from a show you don't watch? <laughs> I am... A man of many talents. Uh, no, I think... A.K.A. your wife watches it. She does, and I think I just... But the funny thing is, is uh, she was like, who's that guy? And I said, I think he's in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And then she goes... I, I, no, specifically, I said, he's in that crazy girl show that you watch. <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes, huh? And I said, the girlfriend one. And then she goes, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? I said, yeah, that's the one. And then she goes, no. And I was like, oh. And then she looked uh, him up. Oh. And she's like... Oh, yeah, he is in that. He's Pillboy, <laughs> man, from uh, The Good Place. Eugene Jason Mendoza's Cordero, best friend. Right? Yeah, Eugene Codero's the yeah. actor's name. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was also an Ant Man. I mean, he, I don't know, he might have a part in Ant Man, but I mean, he's. Uh, Pillboy is from, you know, it's The yeah. Good Place. It's uh, Jason Mendoza's best friend. Yeah. You know, his, his, in Jacksonville, Florida, his, man. His stupid buddy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Portals! Uh, <laughs> that's funny. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't really. I watched some of the Good Place. I think I fell off in season two. What? It's so oh, good. Three, it's maybe a season, good show. beginning of season, like early season three. I was like, I just can't deal it's with just, this. It's a funny show. I don't know, man. Should um, it's. But I, I remember. I remember all of that being really funny. I mean, specifically like the, the, his, 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 his Florida buddy. Uh, I remember all of that being really funny, but it, but it didn't, you know how sometimes there's an actor that you will have seen many times in many things, but it's not until one specific role where you're like, I remember you now. Yeah. Yeah. You you like know his name. Yeah. He's like one of those character actors. Yeah. And the thing is like, I knew I had seen him from things and it's funny that I'd recognize him from the show. I didn't watch versus the show that I did. 
Um, that is pretty funny. But that was hilarious. He was hilarious. Amy, continue. Okay. Um, I want the cat in the like the guy who like has all those documents where it's like this is everything you said. Yeah. But when like Loki first drops down and there's that cat that like kind of like looks very confused. I'm like, I want that kitty. Oh. I want. I just want it. We we assumed that was a flurkin, not a kitty. I mean, it could be a flurkin, <laughs> but you know. I still want it. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good bit. I did love that that little joke bit where he's like, please sign here and confirm this is everything you've ever said. What? And he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> the slow printer. I love the... The, the dot uh, matrix. The, yeah. yeah. The, 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 the pacing the on retro it. technology that they have. It's, in, oh, in, yeah. Like just in the whole, you know, the whole, um, what am I looking for? Set design. The whole yeah. set design of the place. The, the, yeah. The, that... The TV, uh, TVA, right? Yeah, the TVA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The... the that, the that, offices or whatever. It looks fantastic. That retro so 70s look. The, But it's like retro 70s, but it's clean, not dirty like the 70s. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, everything, the, there's like that projector with the tape cartridge. There's yeah. the, the um, you know, all of those um, silver dipped lights. And I mean, it's like beautifully ugly. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's a good way of putting it. That's and putting and it. I, I love the production design. I think. Oh, I think this looks fantastic. It, I was. It feels very 70s futuristic. Like the way they yes. always picture, like how, how Star Wars, the future in Star Wars looks. Mm -hmm. Where mm -hmm. it's like this very mm -hmm. distinct 70s futurism. Yeah. Even it, it's um, the, the production design, the cinematography. And the tone that that show constantly sort of straddles and goes back and forth, mm -hmm. I think is absolutely brilliant. Amy, I'm sorry we've, we've, we've cut you off in your list. No, I mean, I guess all of my talking points are things that we can kind of build off of because um, the next one, Wunmi Musaku, the guard who captures Loki at the mm. beginning, mm -hmm. she was one of my absolute favorite characters, Ruby from Lovecraft Country mm. on HBO. And she's so great in this. That's the older sister, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I and I looked it up on IMDb and I'm very excited that she's going to be in all eight episodes. Nice. So Ooh. I'm really excited to see more of her. She has good yeah. chemistry or anti chemistry with, with everybody. That bit at the beginning where she like hits him in slow motion. Like I'd seen that bit in the commercials and it didn't really like play for me, but when I like given that scene, like it played mm -hmm. and I, I was I found myself surprised and I was like, Oh, I'm gonna be in for a good time. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. was and I was from the jump, so it was that was weird. that bit surprised me because, like Joe, I had avoided pretty much everything except for the initial trailer for this. Yeah, um, I pulled a Joe on this one, um, and I was very pleasantly surprised with everything that I saw. Yeah, everything was kind of a surprise to me, which was wonderful. I even so the um, I think one of the things that and it, this is a really small thing, but I think it's sort of emblematic of, of my interaction with the show is when they first mm -hmm. released title treatments for all of the shows and they were, you know, WandaVision looking kind of retro and Falcon and Winter Soldier looking very blocky and sort of traditional and then and then Loki being the all of the different fonts, like sort of mm -hmm. psycho like taped together. Cut you know? out. Yeah, yeah, like ransom letter looking. And I remember thinking of all the of all of them, Loki, I was like, Why? You know? And then, yeah. and then, as soon as the show starts, and there's just the title sequence for Loki, it's all black and white, kind of eight millimeter fuzzy looking. I mm -hmm. don't know why, but I was entranced. Like I, I went from oh yeah, being, I watched it yeah. like I just like could not stop staring at it at the beginning and at the end. Yeah. Um, at the end of the episode, it just looks so cool, and like I keep trying to like pick out different letters to mm -hmm. see if they like mean anything. Mm. I, I I didn't read into it 
that much, just that it's it's interesting that it's it looks pasted together. And it, and I don't know what it tells me about the tone of the show, but it gives me some kind of some kind of feeling like like a little I have a theory. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Joe, to cut you off. But like each I feel like each font could symbolize a different era in time. Like one of them looks almost medieval. I think it's the K mm. looks very medieval esque. And mm. in this first episode, mm-hmm. they go back, I think, to the 1800s, maybe the 18th century. I think I think you're on the right track that it probably represents maybe something about time travel or all the alternate realities going on. Guys. Yeah. The it's Loki's. I, oh, I, th- go ahead. I, I also really love the, the score. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's cool about this is it's the director of all six episodes is a woman. The cinematographer is a woman. The composer is a woman. And it's especially rare to see women in, I mean, it's, I guess it's rare for all of those, but especially in um, uh, music composition and um, DP work. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that this show, maybe more than all the rest of them, feels more special and cinematic in that way. You know, the, the fact that every pretty much every single shot is really low, like... Like low in terms line. of like like everything okay, is, uh, the is camera is angles really or? low angle yeah. looking up, yeah. and it's really mm-hmm. distinct and it's a it's a really um clear choice that i think makes the show look really really interesting um mm-hmm. it's sort of everybody's towering over us in a in a uh, as the audience and i in a really um really you know, cinematic, engaging way. Definitely an angle that wouldn't work for regular folks. You know, only handsome, handsome uh, movie actors. <laughs> yeah, you can only get you can only get Tom Hiddleston to look good in that. Yeah, um, I'm surprised, Joe. You haven't done your Owen Wilson impression yet. <laughs> what? We're getting to him. All right. <laughs> Can't, I'm not a performing monkey. <laughs> I do have. I mean. A couple of these are a little... Like, the last two big points I have are kind of... We made a promise um, to the listener. Well, one of them is not necessarily a, like, spoiler because it's from, like, Endgame. Just just, just say what you're going to say. Okay, so I'll cut this part, these parts out if it, if we think it's too spoilery. But I did tear up a little bit at that Thanos bit where, like, Loki's kind of watching himself watch him and Thanos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's I did. A good scene. I did. Like, I was just like, because oh, that that part hurt me a little bit when I was watching it, like in Endgame, mm-hmm. even. Mm-hmm. Or no, that was an Infinity War, wasn't it? Was Infinity, Infinity War. War. Yeah. Yeah. The first one. I can't remember. I those two kind of merged together for me. Well, they're I mean, they're part one, sense. part two. They're meant to go together. Yeah. Um. And then my last one, which is fairly, it's it's kind of a spoiler, I would think. But you guys know how much I love true crime. And I screamed, like not like screamed loud, but I like I freaked out out loud. She screamed bloody murder in her apartment <laughs> at the by herself. Part. Oh yeah, well I oh. so I do remember that I did, from the trailer, and so yeah. I was I was not surprised at all. I did not remember that from the trailer. I I remember him on the airplane, like looking like normal Tom Hiddleston. But as soon as he reaches into his pocket for the note to hand to the flight attendant, I was like, no, they are not doing DB Cooper. Yeah. They are not doing yeah. DB Cooper. And then she turns around, and she goes, yes, Mr. Cooper. And I'm like, no, no, they're really doing this. So I hope they do something kind of like that throughout this series because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i would die there are so many unsolved mysteries like that they were all just loki 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I do. I did. That part was great. Um, well, that part was in the trailer. Yes. Um, the. I mean, they didn't say it directly, but I mean, it's him jumping out of the. You know. It was. It was. If If you're aware of DB Cooper, you knew then exactly you knew what, uh, what was going on in the trailer. Yeah. I think I missed that from the trailer. I, mean, I think yeah. Might I don't because there might have been. I don't know, but I remember because I remember that happening and being super excited. I was like, "Oh, that's super cool and interesting that they're going this route of like, of uh, mm-hmm. Loki, you know, being this. Of course, he's the trickster god, so he's you know always getting up to some shenanigans." What I was surprised with was I thought like it would be like a like that DB Cooper would be like a part of like an episode, mm-hmm. you know, like a part of like so, a, yeah. the plot of an episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the fact that it was just like a throwaway kind of gag. I was, it was surprising to me, but I was like, I kind of like it. I hope they do more throwaway gags like this, like Amy was saying. Yeah, yeah, like, that's what I'm hoping. I hope they don't make it, like, a central part of the episode. Like, they make it, like, the parts where Owen Wilson's character, I forget his, like, character's actual name. Mobius. Mobius M. Mobius. Mobius okay. <laughs> like, kind of takes him through, like, other things. Because then, like, Loki goes on to explain why he was doing that D.B. Cooper thing. Mm-hmm. Although when he says, I was young... He's like 1,500 years old, and that was only 40 years ago. Like, that's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's also like with the bridge, can they travel through time and not like, or do they go to like Earth? Only space. The same kind of relative time. I think it's only it's only space, not time. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, speaking of the 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 tone of this show which i think is really mm-hmm. wonderful is sometimes loki is funny but the show isn't and other times the show is funny and loki isn't and you know in in terms of like like where it's like ah loki's being funny right now we're having we're having fun at his expense you know and then there's mm-hmm. other times where things are serious and but he doesn't realize how serious they are and and so he's being funny, but the show isn't being funny. It's it's mm-hmm. really really carefully done. I think brilliantly done. Um, it, it shifts, yeah. It shifts like almost without you noticing it, and by exactly. the time you notice it, you're just like, oh shit, how'd they do that? Yeah, yeah. You know why that is? It's because it's a female director, boys. It's a good director, regardless of <laughs> of what I mean, they yeah. may be. Both of those. I mean, I feel like true. female directors sometimes do a better job at like the way things can be paced and like um what to show and how to make something appear because i don't know and this is maybe just because i watch a lot of movies that are about females but they're written and directed by males and when you watch a movie about females it's written and directed by a female it it feels extremely different and it feels more I don't know for me comfortable like Promising Young Woman is a great example where it's just like when it because it's been it was done by a female it's done more carefully it's crafted more carefully whereas if it had been done by a male it would have been a little bit more I feel like haphazard or like it would have had more of a male gaze and whereas this I think if it had been done by a male it probably would have not been done as it would not have had that balance between serious and funny as delicately as it was done with a female director. I think I think it's just good directing. I think I, I agree with you about male gaze. I think also in the case of Promising Young Woman, that movie would have been more about the revenge part of it than about the other 
aspects of that story, um, and it would have been maybe a little more expected. Um, but in the case of, of something like Loki skirting that, that tone really carefully, I think that's just, I think that's great writing, and I think that's um, good directing, and I think it's, uh, that, that is wherever you find it. It has nothing to do with the, with the people doing it other than sheer talent. I'm excited to see what else Kate Heron does after this. I, I looked her up. Uh, she's the director of, of the six episodes of Loki. I looked her up, and I hadn't seen, I'd heard of some of the other things that she's done, um, but I've not seen it. But I'm hoping that she goes on to do a lot of other stuff because I, mm-hmm. I want to see more of her playing in, in, in this kind of magical adventure world that that, she, yeah. that they've crafted mm-hmm. i don't know where the story is going but i would like this to be a recurring thing like a not a one and done mm. uh especially if, if just on the strength of the first episode i'm yeah. like this is fucking great i could like picture so much there's so much that's like uh available for them to do and i'm just like oh man it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting yeah and I, you when you say one and done you mean like just this episode season. is like this or that you like more than more seasons like this. I would like more seasons of this. I don't even. I, just, I feel like six episodes isn't going to be enough. Yeah, I'm, I mean, think about think about it like this though: six episodes, six hours essentially, uh, which is uh, a, a, a regularly length film trilogy. We're getting a trilogy of Loki films. <laughs> um, I, I, I um, mean, but maybe they could do this with other like fringe. I, I call Loki a fringe character because he's not like an Avenger, but like they do it with some of the other characters. Like they do something like this with She-Hulk or like some not like time travel or whatever, but like something similarly paced or whatever. Uh, yeah. I'm so I know um a friend, not like a super close friend, but a somebody that she went to school with and is friends with enough to like have their number. Uh, uh, is the is directing a friend of Sarah's is directing um, She-Hulk. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when when that was announced, when that came out, that big press release, whenever the show was officially announced, um, and she was announced as director, uh, Sarah, I think, reached out, messaged her or something. It was like, this is so cool. Congratulations. But yeah, I I think I mean we'll see at the end of this series if there's story wise room for for more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um. My my hope, or rather, my my feeling was just because I've watched I've watched this one episode twice, because uh, I liked it so much, and I just kind of felt like, uh, you know, when you're really really thirsty and you get a big glass of ice water, that's what this show kind of felt like. It just felt like something you could drink in and mm-hmm. feel quenched and satisfied. It was just, it was just so much there, and it was everything that I want in a story like this, but I didn't even know that I wanted it. Yeah. I mean, out of all of the uh, Marvel shows that they had announced and stuff, this was definitely the one I was looking forward to the most. Mm. And just the first episode definitely like lived up to the hype. Definitely. So I'm excited yeah. to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So on the topic of Avengers, this character, Loki actually is in Avengers Campus. I don't think we ever saw him. We did. We saw him. Absolutely, oh. we did. Oh, that's right, because he kept coming out. He was, like, up on that panel. What's really cool is if you've seen videos from Avengers Campus now, uh, Loki is in the yeah, TVA jumpsuit, jumpsuit with the collar being escorted by the Minutemen. And so... Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So before that, he was in, like, his, his, his He was in his costume like, and stuff, His big yeah. horns, like Avengers? green okay. garb, yeah. Um, well, um, so... 
Johnny. So how how'd you like it? AMA. How was your experience? <laughs> um, um, do you want the head to toe experience, or do you want just like a general, like how what our what our thoughts are of Avengers Campus? Give me your thoughts, guys. What are your thoughts on Avengers Campus? The public Joe? needs to know. Well, I would say. It reminded me a little bit of Galaxy's Edge, where it's you know it's it's a really specialized section of the park. I don't because I've never been there. Well, <laughs> it reminds me of Star Wars. I know Land. what Joe said because I again wasn't invited. <laughs> Thank you very much. You would not have enjoyed the rest of the day. No. You want to pay that much for a ticket when you would only enjoy probably two hours of your experience. I feel like this is just excuses. <laughs> to cover up your own guilt. No, I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> You're the uh, one like who Alex's... has proclaimed from the rooftops how much you hate Disneyland. I've never said that. I've never, ever said that. I have proof in the last episode. Yeah, it's probably right. We a lot of these. <laughs> I don't remember what I say most and of the And of the three time. of us, Amy is the only one who listens to them. Uh, that's true. Um, I listen to them anyways, multiple it's like, times. <laughs> it's like Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, so it's really it's a it's a very closed off, specialized section of the park, especially mm-hmm. the way they have it right now. Um, yeah, because it's like you can't just like walk in, nope, right? It's no, like not no. like Frontierland or Mm-mm. whatever those other lands. Eventually, are it will yeah. be once you know the the, the buzz dies down. Uh, I yes. do think it's a little bit more open once they take the barricades down then galaxy's edge yeah um because it has three entrances that are from extremely Wide busy avenues. parts of the walkway yeah. with galaxy's mm-hmm. edge you do have to walk kind of through you get, like funneled into like one area uh-huh yeah um, so it was is it big no is it's it very like, small no. it's pretty small it's um yeah I, I don't know if you recall dca very well but it's it's we, where i don't think we went to dca with johnny did yeah, we? i think we, we did. did yeah uh, we did okay that's um, the only time i've ever been there <laughs> Yeah, and uh, it's but it's it's the area where Bugs Land was, so it's very okay. very small. Oh, that's right, that's right. Mm-hmm. I remember you guys were, when we went. You guys were talking, you saying that it was going to be yeah uh, the Avengers Campus. That's when I first mm-hmm. found out about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so it's very small. I I don't want to say because uh, my my initial response to Star Wars Land was a little bit of disappointment, this is it. frankly. Yeah, that this is yeah. it. It's like at, at the time that it opened, there was one ride, mm-hmm. there were a couple places to eat, and then a few places and then a few places to shop. And, and it was just, and so my feeling about Galaxy's Edge was, this is it. Mm-hmm. And to some extent, that ex, ex, uh, exactly describes Avengers Campus. There's one ride. There's one place to eat, or a couple places, I guess, if you count the shawarma cart. Yeah, if you count the stalls, yeah. Yeah, and... <laughs> they and have a only... shawarma stall? That's pretty funny. They do. They have two of them. The shawarma is great, the though. Shawarma is... The shawarma is by far, the falafel is perfect perfect and the chicken so one the chicken one that we had was excellent um but yeah of course of course there's shawarma um but and uh and there's one gift shop two gift shops i think are there two? Oh no the second gift shop we went to was stage 17 right that's kind of it but it was still really really cool um and we we ate at T- pim's test kitchen which was we had a feast at pim's test kitchen that is my one regret about this is that i did not get to try the pretzel but because I was so full. Yeah. But I continued to eat tots. Like yeah. I just sat there and ate all of the tots on my plate. Took like three bites of my chicken sandwich. The the food was really good. It was exceptionally well themed. The restaurant itself was we had they had a lot of fun with all of the Ant Man stuff. There were things that were 
much bigger than they should have been and other things that were much smaller than they should have been. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I guess I guess it's not too spoilery, but it's basically the place is meant to look like the inside of the, the quantum. I don't think we're doing spoilers for tunnel. Avengers Campus. I mean, yeah, it's a place. It's not yeah. like a thing. Uh, yeah. but the, and listener, I'll post some of my videos and pictures that I took up on Inst- uh I took, they were on my Instagram, but I will post them on Twitter. Um, but yeah, they, the, the inside looks like the quantum tunnel and there's like pretzel, like normal pretzels that are on a conveyor belt swinging around the, the ceiling. And then they, and then they pass behind a screen and then they get either shrunk or bigger. And then when they come out the other <laughs> side, they're either this, they're either, you know, shrunk or, mm-hmm. or massively oversized. And in the drink station, they have um, upside down soda cans that are, that like, are like gigantic. Into the soda machine. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then all of the food, like the there's like a turkey burger and the, the turkey's huge and it's on. Or there's a chicken no, burger. No, it's a chicken sandwich. Yeah, a chicken yeah. sandwich. And it's like the chicken's huge and it's on this tiny little bun. And then it's like bun. a slider bun. <laughs> and the pretzel's gigantic. They have a gigantic impossible burger meatball yeah. with was- a tiny one next to it. And there's like a tiny fork stuck into it, but it's in a big With, giant ladle. And soup it's ladle. in this giant ladle spoon. It is so cute. Um, uh, it was really, really good. Those um, drinks, um, the beer flight is really cool because it's in this like kind of giant ruler with these tiny little test tube things in in it. I think there's like five of them, um, and they're kind of just like beer shots. Interesting. Yeah. And um, they have like larger beakers with like all of the drinks at the like from the bar area mm-hmm. and then they have like shows so there was there was like a oh a, like a mini performers. stunt show like character okay. things yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. there's like a mini stunt show with black widow and black panther so they go there they go disney segregating the the black folks black widow and black panther <laughs> um, and they fight the taskmaster they do and um and then the the uh dora milaje come out and do a whole thing and apparently there's a doctor strange thing that we missed that's the only thing i think we did not get to do yeah. was doctor strange we saw the last like i think minute of it while you were standing in line for web slingers and mm. we went to go get falafel and yeah. shawarma mm-hmm. but Is there was such a big crowd yeah that's the spider-man yes, ride it's the spider-man ride and, and that's the only ride they have there correct currently yeah currently. it's also very confusing because they have web slingers is the ride and then like the shop is also web something and then the the food is pim's test kitchen and pim's tasting lab mm-hmm. so you, it's like it's very confusing i didn't find it that i could confusing see how, i could see so how small. Can be confusing and it's it's so it's so small and everything's right next to each other like the the store is right across from the ride yeah and and the the two pim's things are right next to each other also so it's not that bad and there's those are the only options that you have really right um yeah. Web Slingers was super cool. It was kind of like a Midway Mania type game, you know, more of game than ride. Oh, yeah, okay. that's like the that's between... the one where you're like in the Toy Story thing and you're shooting at right. things. Mm-hmm. Okay. But instead of using a shooter, you use your hands it's and all, you kind of like it's all gesture control. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they have this like special device that you can get to wear while you're doing it, and it gives you like power ups. So it's like kind of a DLC for the ride. It's like a thirty wait, buck DLC that wait, you can so, wear on you, your arm. You, you don't need you just, it. You don't need it. But it it's just like, gives it's like you a extra physical points. thing. Yep. It's like a yeah. physical thing, like a web a web shooter, basically. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, that's that's. And I also dope. found out, Joe, I I that those for, but, so. Iron <laughs> Man and um the the extra shooter things you can get, mm-hmm. they are extra and they are like an actual like play toy thing. But you can't. There's a setting on them that you can turn it to, so you can wear it like that with the other web slinger thing mm-hmm. while you're playing the game. So you can have both of them on at the same time. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, the, the, the thing itself, it's like a $30 thing that only works on the ride. 
And then there's toy attachments, which are an additional, I think, 20 bucks or something. And it's I think just they're 25 course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course. It's kind of it's ridiculous. It. Uh, but, but to get the toy thing, if you want to have the toy thing, if you want this, like, Spider-Man shooter where it'll shoot out a piece of string like a web shooter, you have to have the attachment to go on the ride. Right. It's, Interesting. It's, so so you're, you paying, spend... you're paying, like, 60 bucks to get this toy. Yeah. I, I don't agree with that at all. But, like, buying I would maybe like get that. that web shooter thing once annual passes come back because once annual passes come back, I probably would be going there more like i would go there enough for the 30 dollars to be worth something i wouldn't get like the iron man or the spider-man attachments but i would get like the one thing just like to have it on there to play but i did hear that if you buy that and you don't want to wear it while you're playing the game or riding the ride you can just put it in your lap and the ride will still scan it and give you the points or give you the bonuses yeah because there's bonuses that's that's the part that i dlc for disneyland rides you've already spent enough to get there who <laughs> cares yeah, about your points um but still it was really really cool um and you know it, it they definitely just like disney always does they did a good job you know immersing you in the thing um there's a lot of practical effects that work really well we saw the spider-man oh the spider-man robot so right? good. it was pretty cool because because honestly i knew it was a robot I, I, mm-hmm. I knew it, but when he's swinging through the air, my first thought was, oh, my God, that guy's swinging through the air. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, that, that, cause it's like at first you see a guy in a Spider-Man costume, and then he goes into this room, and then a few seconds later he's, like, up on the roof, and then he's just like, here it goes, yeah. and he, like, does some flips, and it's just like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's pretty, It's and it's you buy it. You buy that it's really him. And apparently if you're on the Tasting Terrace show, you can you have a perfect view of it. And it looks like super cool. Interesting. On the like AP Tasting Terrace. Oh, it's like across on the other from side. Avengers yeah, Campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, so it was pretty cool. It was very cool. Were there any cool yeah. stuff in the gift shops? Like any anything that? Um, I got a really cool um, Stark Labs intern sweatshirt that I absolutely love. It's super comfortable. Mm. It was expensive nice. because it's Disney, but yes. it's really great. It's the only merch that I got that day. Um, I got my buddy. Uh, spider-man pin that's pretty cool there's a couple different there's two different size spider robots that you can get a little guy i kind of want to get guy. the baby one he's uh, like super like actual cute. robots mm-hmm. like you can control yeah you can yeah. play it's kind of like have you seen the droids from uh galaxy's edge yeah, where you yeah, can I've like build a droid mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. these instead of building it they come like pre-assembled but you can buy different suits to put on it so you get like a black widow no not yeah a black there's a black widow, widow one there's black an widow iron man, iron man one, black, black panther. panther yeah I think Ant-Man Scarlet Witch. I think there's Ant-Man, Ant-Man and Wasp. There's no Scarlet Witch? Yeah. No. But there's, like, I think six skins that you can buy to put on it. Um, and then they're supposed to be able, if you have, like, two, you can battle each other. That's what That's they're really cool. forced to battle each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have these really cool Spider-Man goggles um, that light up. So they'd be really good for, like, parades and stuff once those come back. Because um, you can, like, you wear them as goggles, and then you can press a button, and it'll has like... What, what did Sarah say? There was like 20-something mm-hmm. different like cycles of lights that so go on the eyes. So they're shaped like the Spider-Man eyes on the suit. Mm-hmm. And then and then the LEDs inside the goggles light up. And then they'll wink or, you know, make different expressions. Blink, yeah. There's like oh, blink, cool. hard eyes, stars, and stuff. Yeah. So there's that's some cool stuff. Very cool. Yeah. But you guys waited for like a long-ass time, right? Four and, Four and, and a half, half hours. hours. To get in? To get in. To get in. We Yikes. we were there for like three hours, I think. Because once we got in, we were not leaving. 
I mean, we have to see everything. Yeah. Well, there wasn't much to see, but we sat at Pimps for like, I think, two hours, eating our feast, drinking our drinks, and watching the Black Widow and Black Panther Taskmaster fight, I think, four or five times. Mm -hmm. I think the Dora Milaje came by twice. Um, Cap and Iron Man came in and out a couple times, too. Captain Marvel also. Oh, both captains came out because I think Captain America came out a couple of times as well. Yeah, yeah, he was there. He was there too, and, they, and Captain Marvel came oh, out. Oh, yeah. It was the Steve Rogers. We got Captain to see America, the Wasp, but there is a Sam Wilson Captain America. As okay, well, I was gonna was, say yeah, like he was off that that day we were there. Yeah, I was, I was looking. Say, <laughs> um, and then and then yeah, there's uh, Ant Man and Wasp also walking around. That's cool. Yeah, uh, and and like and like yeah. Amy said, there's a there's an Iron Man. There's like a full in armor. He's in the Tony suit Stark and everything. And that's pretty cool. Does the suit do anything cool, or is it um, just? No, like, I think it it's just, just a cool. picture. The, uh, it's a the bits that are light up, like the eyes and the chest are are lit up, you know, and it looks yeah. pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the blasters in his hands light up too. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so that was pretty awesome. So it's awesome, but not awesome yet. It was. I mean, it's it's awesome, but it's it's like currently right now, if you're not like a huge. DC, like it, we were there for more than just Avengers Campus. We were there to go to DCA also. Mm-hmm. If you're not, if you're there just for Avengers Campus, it is not worth the money on a ticket and the time you're going to wait for probably the rest of the year to get in. Avengers is in California. It's in Disney Adventure, California right? Adventure. Yes. Okay, yeah. Okay. Not Disneyland proper. Correct. Not Disneyland proper. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like so I would, I personally, if I wasn't there for, if I'm not going there just for DCA, and you'll probably have to wait to get into Avengers Campus for probably the rest of the year, if not longer. It's definitely it's a, a small area. It's a, it's, it's definitely if depending on you know the wait times and everything you can do everything in there in a couple hours yeah because like i mean you do have to get a virtual queue for web slingers and that's a little competitive a lot competitive those spots fill up yeah especially now that they have lifted the mask ban capacity limits and dca and disneyland is open to out of state people yeah Um, it's going to be very busy but johnny you'll appreciate this as a spider-man fan um, there is, uh, like a bunch of graffiti on the side of the wall of web slingers mm-hmm. and off to one side, there's the signature and it says miles. Ah, like he, say, he cool. definitely, I bet miles definitely tagged that whole wall. Yeah. Like th- that's what they're saying. And yeah. then there's also, it's really cool. There's uh, along the side of the building, there's these three trees. There's like a little sapling and then one that's really big. And then on the other side is another little sapling mm-hmm. and behind the one that's really big is like a like a funnel spout for and it, and it says danger gamma radiation so clearly mm-hmm. that tree's been like hulked out yeah the big tree and it's turning green too yeah that's pretty funny yeah uh like the little details the little yeah you know, mm-hmm. yeah the little details yeah. are great as 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 one would expect yeah there's parking signs behind the that big tree that say like jarvis and um what was the other one h star was it for pepper Mm-mm, no it said it said howard stark oh, okay I only sold the Jarvis one because it's 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 like an old Stark Industries building, so it's all the old Stark logos, and it's been converted into what it is. Nice. Yeah, to yeah. web. Uh, and it looks and it looks cool like during the day, you know, check it out. But then also at night, everything's all lit up, and so it looks pretty cool both times a day. Are they gonna add more stuff to it, or is that is it? There is, is a, it? There is another forthcoming ride that will be going into Avengers HQ, which is where the Quinjet is perched on top. And where of. they do the stunt show. Yeah. But nothing, like, currently nothing is in there. It's not even like Star Wars where there was a second ride that's... Oh, it's also connected to Guardians. Uh, they're not the same. 
building, are they? No, no, the pat like the the campus oh, is yeah. connected to Guardians. Yeah. But yeah, that's there's currently nothing in there and it's like don't think about it for a while nothing's there's it's yeah. not like star wars where they had the other right of the resistance going in there and they just hadn't finished it yet this yeah is, it's gonna be a while apparently i uh, think they're 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 staging it as like um a cast area for mm. like all of the actors mm. um but i have heard some theories that they may take over um hollywood boulevard um on the other side of guardians of the galaxy they may kind of close that off because I don't think it's like as popular as it used to be mm -hmm. um, and may take over some of those buildings and expand um, Avengers Campus out that way. But again, that is just a theory I have heard. Yeah. There's also a lot of great um, like photo opportunities for Captain America, WandaVision. I'm sorry, for Falcon and Winter Soldier, WandaVision and Captain Marvel, I think over kind of in the quieter sections of DCA. So that's cool too. So are, the, are those characters walking around just Avengers Campus or like largely yes. The whole yeah. Park. Yeah. I don't think they go outside. The Dormelage used to walk around um DCA, I believe, mm -hmm. um around the Gardens of the Galaxy area before the parks closed last year. So that's like but like they added in I think Captain Marvel is a new addition to their roster. Iron Man like everybody besides the Dormelage, I think, are all new new additions. Thor, like, you know, but I mean, they're as like, oh, they, they do have Thor walking around. Mm -hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah. We saw Thor a couple times. Tight. Um, one thing I do, I think we, we would be remiss if we didn't point out is that Joe got defeated by a chocolate bar. No, I finished it. I just didn't start. On you the finished one. that thing. I thought you were, I thought you were upset that you couldn't finish it. No, no. I ate it all. <laughs> oh, I paid for it. <laughs> on top of, it, right? on top of three quarters of a Sunday. <laughs> Yeah. That he had for breakfast. Uh-huh. I ate a lot of bad things. But luckily, I don't suffer from any gastrointestinal issues. Lucky you. <laughs> um, but yeah. All well, right. Shall we so uh, talk about the real reason we're here? Yes. Let's, uh, let's continue on to another James Gunn property. His best Scooby one yet. This is his Scooby vacation two. home. <laughs> I mean, um, so had either of you guys seen um, no. Monsters Unleashed? Nope. Mm -mm. Okay, so I was the only, I'm the only one who has seen this before. Yes, yes. I've, I've seen. I remember like I remember seeing the first Scooby Doo like we talked about last time, uh, and the second one came out like maybe it, two, two years? years later. It came out yeah. in 2006. Okay, yeah, I see. Or yeah, no, 2004. Was, yeah, 2004. Yeah, 2004. Yeah, I never saw. I never saw. Me neither. I didn't even remember. I think I actually. Before. Do you know anything about it nope. besides that it's written by James Gunn and it's got the same cast? Yeah, and uh, I've seen, like, some memes. I know, like, there are pictures, you know, there, there's, like, some memes of, like, things that happen in, in, in the movie, like the Buff Shaggy meme. Oh, like, wow. I know that's from, I know that's yeah. from the... Uh, uh, Alicia but, uh, Silverstone. Know. I will say Alicia Silverstone is in this. I believe I told you guys that yes. last week. You did. That's the only reason that I knew that. Because <laughs> I haven't even seen those memes that Johnny's talking about. The only meme that I've seen from Scooby-Doo is the from the first one where he goes... Are you challenging me? Oh, the farting, the, the farting fart competition. Off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this one, I think I actually did see in theaters. Um, I have a slight recollection of seeing it in theaters, but I've only seen it three times, maybe. So it's not like Scooby Doo. No, I know um, people I didn't do, like this one as much, right? I I think I liked I, it when I first saw it when I was fourteen. Because I was like, oh, Simple Plan's in this. Like, Simple Plan's got a couple songs in this. They sing, the, they sing the theme song this time instead of MXPX. And I was like, oh, I love Scooby-Doo. Like, I loved the first one. 
I just, of course, I'm, I like this one. Like, I mean, I have to like it. But I think I most recently watched it about 10, 11 months ago, according to my Letterboxd uh, diary. And I, I know I do not like this movie. I know I do not like this movie at all. And I, I think I also watched it because Ruben Stuttered has a cameo in it somewhere. So and I was a big fan American, of American Idol. American Idol. I was like, you're a big Ruben Stuttered fan? I don't know. No. Do you no, have no, all no. those albums? <laughs> season two of American Idol was the first season of American Idol that I watched and I was like obsessed with it after that like mm -hmm. I was a very big Ruben Stuttered fan while he was on American Idol I did not like Clay Aiken but I watched this and I'm like Kelly Clarkson is the best American Idol winner in my opinion what about nothing beats from Kelly to Justin of I don't know I don't know who I don't know who else won besides <laughs> I don't either I just know I just know that like Kelly Clarkson and Justin Guarini were in season one, and Ruben Stuttered and Clay Aiken were in season two, and that's all I remember. These are the hot artists of today. <laughs> the hot artists of early 2000s. Considering only um, one of them now has a talk show, and the rest of them are, I don't know, circling the planet somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're on Scooby-Doo. <laughs> no, 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 no. Justin Guarini is the Dr. Pepper Man. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah, that's right. The little and I have a Funko Pop prince. of him. Yeah, the fake Prince Dr. Pepper. The guy. fake Prince and the um the Dr. Pepper commercials from like, I think it was Joe like early doesn't last drink year. soda and he doesn't watch any advertisements about soda. That's true. All right, he just doesn't believe. I it have exists. no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> it's culture, old man. All right, I could bring it here and show you the Justin oh, Guarini God. Funko Pop, Dr. Pepper Funko Pop that Antonio got now me with we've, free now Dr. We've Pepper. No, no, but I'm not going to. But anyway, Dr. You know Pepper sponsored this episode. <laughs> Because I want some Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Honestly, I would kill for some Dr. Pepper. I don't drink soda anymore, but Dr. Pepper, please sponsor us. You're not listening this far in, but... So, so Amy's seen it, hates it. Johnny and I have not seen it. Barely knew it existed. You're going to hate it, I promise. <laughs> All right. It's like Men's Warehouse, but the opposite. <laughs> why, why do we let her even have a say in the movies, Johnny? This is my question. <laughs> because I, I love torturing myself, and I love... Dragging you along for the journey. And misery loves company, mm. so, you know. All right, well, so, let's watch this shit show, I guess. Wait, did James <laughs> Gunn go. write this one, too? Yep. Yes. Before we watch the movie, a quick word from our sponsors. And now, our feature presentation. And we're back. Let's Are we, though? I feel like a piece of me Up died to an 11. Out there. <laughs> While watching this, I don't think I don't think all of me came back. <laughs> he's not the same. He's not the same man he was before. Yeah, he I ain't changed, he changed, but he's not the same. Uh, this this movie. I tuned out a bunch of times. I'm not going. Oh lie. yeah, if I hadn't watched this before a couple times previously, I. Uh, uh, mm. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I was fighting sleep a number of times. Uh, sleep is my escape hatch, as you both know. Um, I, I think as, as the listener knows as well. Yeah. Um, Th that's another drinking game. It's every, drink every time Joe has fallen asleep during one of the movies that I pick. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. I didn't like it, but I also didn't like the first one. That said, I whilst at not liking it, I liked it better than the first one. Really? Mm. Yes. Interesting. Um, and I'll tell you why. Because I was trying, I was trying to decide why this was. No, listener, I'll ask you to remember once again that I did not like this movie, but I liked it better 
than the first one. Uh, mainly because the first one was drowning in shtick, you know? And this one was less shticky, more story, even though it wasn't great. At least there was more that was propelling the film along. Honestly, I kind of felt the opposite. I feel like this one was leaning too hard into the kind of earnestness that the first one had where it just it was trying so hard to gimmick itself if that i don't think gimmick is the right word but it's trying it was trying too hard to be what the first one was hmm. like the first one was i felt like made in earnest in like in this pure purity and this one was just trying too hard to be this like really fun punchy kids movie interesting i it's funny because i feel like you know the first one dealt with with the group um being sort of on the outs and then this one i was glad didn't try to do that again you know that there was at, at no point were they not a team it was just it was more about you know internal journey of the characters that that daphne was faced with maybe being only the pretty face you know and mm -hmm. and velma uh having to overcome uh intimacy issues um, and trust issues and then Scooby and Shaggy feeling like they contributed nothing to the team other than being screw-ups and I thought that was all juggled really well without you know that there's like all these separate characters dealing with their own problems but still remembering that they're part of a team and I thought I thought that that worked as well as this movie mm -hmm. can work that worked for me uh, and I thought it was handled really well. I thought also they felt, especially, I think Matt Lillard was born to be Shaggy. <laughs> I wish, I, I, I prefer him in as Shaggy in Mystery, Mystery Inc., which is, as I mentioned last time, is a wonderful cartoon show. Um, but I felt that everybody else felt more comfortable in their role. They, I, I do think that Freddie Prince Jr. is not a fine actor in the slightest. And so I think that he sort of drags down the proceedings. But um, Sarah Michelle Gellar, felt like she and uh she was really shining through and same with linda cardellini i will say this is the most buffy-esque of the two i was gonna bring i literally up. wrote down yeah. the fight scene with the the black knight felt like a scene from buffy it absolutely did as a as a lifelong buffy fan i 100 percent agree with you um it was uh th there were a number of fight scenes with her mm -hmm. that was the one that felt like the most because she was doing all of these like flips and ducks and like she had the two, like when he cut the the, uh -huh. the axe in two, it yeah. felt like she had her stakes and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I And I, and it's funny now that you, and I, I'm just, because I, I recognized that when I was watching, I was like, oh, this is Sarah Michelle Gellar as I know her best. Fighting bad guys. Monsters, really. Fighting mm -hmm. CGI monsters. No, they're always. <laughs> Poorly no. CGI monsters. They are always in, Buffy, in Buffy, they are, they are real people. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but maybe, maybe Clearly. part of the, maybe the part of the reason why I thought she seemed more comfortable and confident in the role was because she was doing the thing that I expect of her, which is violence. <laughs> <laughs> and and maybe yeah. she herself is more comfortable doing the action stuff. I don't know. But it's it's uh, so maybe that's my own. That's me bringing my own Buffy baggage. Well, that also might be because in the first one, it was all about like Daphne kind of trying to become this very strong fighting woman mm -hmm. um, because she was like, especially in the first one where she was like kind of clinging to that ride cart mm -hmm. and like heading towards the knives. And she's like, oh, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. But she only really had the one fight scene in that movie 
against the uh, Mexican wrestler. Yeah, at the end. Yeah. And yeah, in this one, she that was had like multiple fight scenes. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. first one, it was like it was like her getting to that, and then the payoff. And this one, she, she already knows it, and so she's able to do more stuff. Right. Which, like Joe said, is 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 something he's like more. You're more just familiar with her doing, so you're like, oh, mm-hmm. you buy that exactly. Yeah. Was she done with Buffy by 2004? Uh, no. Uh, I think that was because that's what I'm thinking. I'm trying. I'm thinking like maybe they didn't have as many fight scenes in the first one because she was like so worn out from not only the flight from LA to Australia, but also having to train and do fight scenes for Buffy. And in this one, I don't know where they filmed. I did not look that up. But, like, she just maybe wasn't doing as much fighting in Buffy, so they gave her more fight scenes in here. Mm. I think this movie came out in 2004, but I think it was probably filmed around the same time that she was filming Buffy, because Buffy ended in Mm -hmm. 2003. Um, Okay, yeah. Yeah. It was probably, they were probably finishing up that final season while they started filming this, or... Maybe right even before, because this came out early 2004. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of visual effects in this. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um. So the characters worked for you more in this one. They did work for me more. They're still not great. I think, I think Matt Lillard does the best, followed by. I mean, of course. Like, my, my, one of my notes was Shaggy and Scooby are, again, the best part. Yeah. No duh. And And I think that. Linda Cardellini, I feel like if she'd been told to, instead of doing an impersonation of the cartoon character, to sort of just play the essence of Velma, I think maybe that would have been a little bit better. Because it does feel like she's doing an impression of the cartoon character, which Mm -hmm. sort of, I think, prevents her from getting where I think she could get, where I think she could go. But I think she still does a better job in this one than the second one. I think, uh, than the first one. I think I think my problem ultimately with the first one is everything feels really thin in the first one. The mystery is fairly thin. There's just the single mystery, whereas this one has some more twists and turns. You know, there's there's the bottom sort of keeps dropping as things continue to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe that's why I also felt like there was more for them to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't just the one note must investigate whatever's going on at this Pleasure Island, whatever it was called. I don't remember what the first one was called. Spooky Island, Spooky Joe. Island. Because they don't go near anything with spooky, haunted, forbidden, or creepy in right, the name. Right, right, right. But uh, but yeah, so I feel like they had, I think I feel like everybody had more to do, except, honestly, except for Freddie Prince Jr. He really just doesn't feel like Fred to me. And, and I don't think he's a great actor. I don't, I, like, I just kind of don't buy him. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and I think Sarah Michelle Gellar, who I love as Buffy, seems like a great choice to play Daphne, but I don't think she necessarily works as Daphne either. Because Daphne's, depending on what Daphne you're looking at, if you're looking at like classic Scooby-Doo, where are you, Daphne? She's, mm, she's the damsel in distress, you know, she's, Mm -hmm. she's not stupid, but she's not necessarily bright. And you'd kind of wonder. Which I think is what they were trying to fight in the first movie. Yeah. Is they were trying to like trying to th- like turn that around like put a spin like, oh, on yeah. that trope of her character and make her more of the strong independent type right whereas what i what i really love about the the daphne and mystery inc is uh mystery incorporated is that she is a super rich she's smart but she's so rich that she's kind of clueless about ordinary everyday things you know, she's the kind of rich person that's like, doesn't know how to do their laundry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I feel like that feels like Daphne, you know, smart, but clueless. Mm-hmm. And the reason why she's hanging out with this group is because one, she, they're her friends. And two, she's 
trying to get Fred to notice her. Yeah. You know, and, and, mm. and, and, and like wants to go the next level with Fred and is, is hanging around, like putting in the time to get to that point. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's not really working because Fred's a moron. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah. So I, I just feel like this was this movie made this. I thought this movie worked more as a movie um, in terms of the, as I said, the bottom dropping on the mystery, sort of constantly mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. the false turns. You know, they think we 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 assume it's Peter Boyle from the beginning, and it's not. You know, and then we're told yeah. that the bad guy who we're told that the bad guy who's who was responsible for the first go around can't be it because he's dead mm -hmm. you know and and then there's there's a lot of and then and then we and then when daphne figures out oh it's alicia silverstone and then that and then the the villain who i looked a hell of a lot like a power rangers character i mean really <laughs> frustratingly so his mouth reminded me of a monkey yeah it is well it's so funny because all of the other monsters and their i thought their designs were great were also lifted i did like uh-huh from the from the from the show, right? Original, the original show, show, yeah. They're, they're in the yeah. opening sequence. They're they're lifted directly out of Scooby Doo. Where uh, where are you? And so those character designs are great. And then you have this Power Rangers villain reject, who's just awful, mm -hmm. and all he does is stand around and whine and complain and yell and yell. <laughs> yeah, um, but I appreciate that. There's, you know, so then Daphne thinks she's figured out that it's Alicia Silverstone and then he shows up and she's, and Alicia Silverstone is there. And so then it's like, oh, you know, so then the movie actually has as much as a movie There's a lot like of this, red herrings. Yes. Yeah, yeah. As much as a movie like this can have, there are twists and turns. And that, that worked for me better than the first one. I do agree with you that the, uh, the mystery is better mm. in this one. Mm -hmm. But I agree with you the mystery is better in this one because there is a bunch of red herrings. Um, and so, uh. That's uh, that's fun. It kind of felt like the. I remember. I don't have as much fondness of Scooby Doo cartoons as you do, but I do remember watching them. And one of the best parts was that I liked about it was like, ooh, who's who's the bad guy? Yeah, like, yeah. Who's oh, mm -hmm. this guy? And it was the mystery. The mystery aspect of it was a fun part of it, and uh, this movie brought that back. Mm -hmm. Like I felt it more so than I did the first one. Uh, I like the first one because I saw it when I was young and I have that nostalgia for it. Mm -hmm. Whereas this one, it's like, I don't have any nostalgia for this. So mm -hmm. it's like, mm -hmm. uh, it's all, you know, it's fine. But I agree with you. The character work I do think is better on this one and the mystery works. And it's got like a better, it looks better because it's like a bigger budget, I would imagine. Yeah. The first is... one did well, didn't it? Yeah. The first one um, did really well. I think... One of, I pulled a ton of fun facts because there were no recastings again. I think I pulled like every fun fact from the IMDb page, but there was, hold on. Actually, I think this may be from the Twitter thread I sent you guys that James Gunn posted on the first one's 19th anniversary. So he said, for me, th this was a harrowing day talking about um, June 14th, 2002, or yeah, 2002. I had never been involved with a mainstream film, and I knew my career would be incredibly affected by how the movie did. The initial reviews were great, and I was so exciting. And it was so exciting at first. I I was going to be part of a hit. The rest of the reviews poured in late Thursday and Friday. I saw that those first reviews were an anomaly. We were getting shattered, but I knew the movie wasn't perfect. It wasn't exactly. It wasn't at first exactly what I had envisioned. But the it was fun, and the kids loved it. And then um, they had. Earned eighteen million dollars the day before, so the open on opening day. Was this for the first one or this movie? Yeah, it was for the first one, which is okay. why that they got the green light to do this one. Gotcha. Yeah. I, you know what? Yeah. I, so the first one did like really, really well. Yeah. Well, you know what I wonder is because everything that I didn't like about this film, 
That's what I didn't like about the original. So uh, what I'm curious is why the second film didn't do well. Like, Amy, why do you dislike this film compared to the first one? I, I, I just feel like it isn't as, like, I don't, I can't, like, necessarily put my finger on it. I think maybe it's just the nostalgia of the first one because I just feel like I can quip so much off of it. Like, there's so many iconic lines that I can pull from that first one. Iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, well, I think maybe it's also, like, the fact that me and my sisters watched it together and we can, we quoted at each other all the time. Yeah, it's this just, like, one, one of those movies that you yeah. grew up watching and it was, like, a family connection type deal. Yeah, there was, like... I think there were only two times where I actually laughed out loud for this one. Um, the first one was a joke that I pulled mostly just because it reminded me of Joe. After they fall down the ball at um, the mansion and there's like those two Book of Mormon guys and they're like, hey, have you good th heard the good news? And Scooby goes, yeah, there's cookies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was. And I immediately went, Joe, cookie. Yeah, yeah. That and was, then the other one was yeah. um, a Shaggy joke where they're in the back of the van and Shaggy goes, this is tied for the most terrifying day of my life. And Velma goes, tied with what? And he goes, every other freaking day of my life. <laughs> and I was like, those were like the only two things where I like legitimately laughed out loud. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I like this. But the other time, like, yeah, I don't know. There's just like, I could not get into this one as much as I get into the first one. You know what's funny is I feel like there's so much about, I, there's there's a disagreement in tone about these films, both of them. Um, mm -hmm. The first one, as we know, was was the first cut was R-rated. It was meant to be sort of a teen sex romp film. Yeah, that, dark. Yeah, 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 dark comedy teens. And then got twisted into a kids movie, but still had some of those elements in there. And then same, mm -hmm. and then this one, they knew the audience was children, so mm -hmm. they so they mm -hmm. leaned into that more, and I think maybe that's why it feels a little bit less disjointed than the first one for me. But at the maybe. same time, uh, it feels like it wants to be. It feels like it's straining under that burden. It still wants to be of being a kid's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. well, uh, yeah. it's by James Gunn, right? Yeah, and so he's still. I would imagine his first run it was was less kid uh oriented kid oriented yeah, yeah. but then there's yeah. like because they have a rapid scooby-doo and i hate that i know and then and so there's so there's there's in some way it leans towards wanting to be more sophisticated more interesting maybe more grown up but at the same time it's got this like bubblegum commercial look and a bunch of fart jokes and a cartoon score i mean literally a cartoon score Mm -hmm. And and it's and it's and these two things clash in such a way that it, it kind of feels like two great tastes that taste awful together. You know, like <laughs> either do, a, I don't want to say serious Scooby Doo, but it's it's the I think that the happy that the the happy medium of Scooby Doo is funny 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 tone with the characters in a serious story. Mm -hmm. You know, in the same way that like Ghostbusters works, the characters in Ghostbusters are funny. What they're going up against in Zool and Gozer and everything else is terrifying. And if you take away the comedy, Ghostbusters becomes a very serious, kind of scary movie. And I think that's where Scooby-Doo, like the sweet spot of Scooby-Doo is. The characters are funny. They're in scary situations. Mm -hmm. And this movie instead, you know, better than the first one, gave us some scary, uh, some scary stuff. You know, the minor 49er was genuinely like disturbing, you know, this. <laughs> uh, and 
and but I just I would have liked some more scares from it. But there couldn't be because it's for children. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, and then I would have liked way less fart jokes. Yeah. Because they're just so bad. And I and like farts are funny. They are hilarious. <laughs> but the way this movie does it, it's ham handed and and awkward. There is one uh, major bone that I have to pick with this movie mm, that like when I watched nice. it this time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> when I watched it this time, I really kind of trumped everything else about it. Uh-huh. Um, it was when Seth Green's character comes over to kind of ask Velma on a date and she's like crawling around and she tells Daphne she's like he thinks I'm some sort of like high-flying glamorous type and then Daphne just tells her you know become that and I was like that's a big fucking no don't like she's like change telling Daphne or telling Velma to completely change herself just to fit a guy's perception of her but that's isn't that the isn't that the um the moral to the Little Mermaid: Change yourself for a man, literally. Yeah. <laughs> now that I think about and that it, that yeah, movie it is. is classic. A classic. Excellent. So it's got to be right on some level. The, I don't but know, Amy. I think. I think the but thing is, I agree. from my experience, yeah, I've done that for seventy-five percent of every single guy that I've had a crush on, and it has never worked out. Yeah, I think. So it's funny because that that scene in general I thought was kind of was kind of a, a, a sweet scene in bet- between them and I kind of I, I, I mean I like the scene in between but I just didn't like the message that Daphne was telling Velma to absolutely change like make herself the complete opposite of who she is just to fit the perception of what Velma thinks this guy thinks that she is yeah I think. Um... I, I mean, there's 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 no way around it. That's exactly what she's saying. I think she was maybe she's just a bad friend. <laughs> I, I mean, mean maybe she's that is really... a bad friend if you're telling your friend to change themselves for the person that they like. Yeah, it, there's there's no way around it because it, it you know maybe if if it was just Daphne, uh, if 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 Velma had some sense of insecurity about herself, and so then she was like, if if being this what he's expecting would make you more confident, then do that, you know, because then that would help you. But that's yeah. not really what she's saying. Yeah, like they did almost a reverse Freddie Prince Jr. movie and Matthew Lillard movie, She's All That, mm. on Velma, mm-hmm. where instead of like making her more confident with her look, they just made her more uncomfortable by making her look better. Yeah. I did think the the when she's all glammed up and she's got the uh, orange jumpsuit on, the jumpsuit on, and it like she, like makes a fart noise, and she's like. That was my suit. Yeah. That was <laughs> improv, the uh, by the that's, way. That's hilarious. She, I, that, that part did make me laugh. And she's like, she's like oh, that was in the Velma voice. I don't know why. It was just funny. Yeah. I mean, that one did make me laugh. That's happened to all of us for like your shoe squeaks, the chair you're sitting in. It makes like you know? the perfect fart noise. Yeah. And you're like, and, you're like the and then you can't even get it. To, it's like, look, that was my shoe. And then you try to do it again and it doesn't do it. And you're like, I swear to God, it wasn't me. <laughs> So, anything else from you guys? I will want to. I do want to point out that um, there was a KFC milkshake product placement, which I don't even remember KFC having milkshakes. There were two mentions of KFC in that film. There was the. I only saw that first one. So Scooby, Scooby had the milkshake that he like got his nose stuck in, and then like when he flung mm-hmm. it off, he splattered the the, the driver fella. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then the second time, uh, it's a mention. And Shaggy says something like, oh, man, why can't we just go to a KFC or something like that? So that totally went sh- straight over me. Yeah, I, I noticed it because it was so bold-faced. Blatant. Mm-hmm. Um, or bald-faced. 
in there. Yes, blatant. But anyway, so there is something actually I wanted to bring up. It's about yeah. Scooby-Doo in general, because uh, I just recently saw this article about fan theories about Scooby-Doo. Um, one of them, it's interesting because they basically, the since people, regular people, dress up like monsters to scare other people away from, you know, a treasure or a patch of land or whatever it is, that there must be real paranormal creatures in existence in that world for people to see a ghost and immediately be like, oh, nope, that's a real ghost. I'm leaving. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. But the one that's really chilling is that um, Scooby-Doo, the, the theory is that Scooby-Doo takes place in a post, massive post-economic depression because everywhere the gang goes, everything is derelict, broken down, abandoned. The bad guys who are, you know, scaring people away are people who are really employable they're like engineers and you know architects and designers you know people really really smart who can get who can you know um build technology to uh make it look you know the, build technology that allows them to fly or in some way impersonate you know some paranormal being but they're this is what they're doing you know that instead they are desperately seeking you know money because they have mm -hmm. no job to go to, despite being employable. And then even Shaggy and Scooby themselves being constantly starving. It's not because they're potheads. It's because there's no food. They are starving. So they're willing to put themselves in dangerous situations, even for a little bit of food. Because there's nothing. I mean, in this That's at depressing. Least, <laughs> I mean... The metropolis of Sco of uh, Coolsville looks kind of really nice. But if you go to the outskirts, it looks kind of... So, so Coolsville up. is a is a an invention of a pup named Scooby Doo because in the original Scooby Doo, nineteen sixty nine, Scooby Doo, where are you? They're just always in a van traveling, like they have no home, mm -hmm. which again goes to that post economic depression. And then pup named Scooby Doo, they grow, they grew up in a place called Coolsville, which looks very much like suburbia. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, in Mystery Incorporated, they live in a place called Crystal Cove which is kind of like a Bodega Bay type place. Um, always always foggy, always eerie, um, constant hotbed of weird stuff, even to the point of like Lovecraftian. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's, but but yes, in this movie, um, I mean, everything's squeaky clean and beautiful. And then they, they just go to this, the old mine and that's what's spooky looking, you know? Mm -hmm. It's the old abandoned mine. Yeah. Although I wasn't abandoned. <laughs> One more thing I have before we get to the fun facts. Um, have you ever noticed how much Seth Green looks like a ginger Tim Blake Nelson? I didn't realize it until I watched this movie. Huh. I guess so. No. I don't know. I mean, sort of. I, I guess a little bit. Well, like when Velma was like looking at the like pictures of him in the newspaper, I was like, huh, you know? Because I, I had forgotten that it was, like, a shrine to him after he had, like, died or whatever. And I was, like, oh, I had completely forgotten the mystery. And I was, like, oh, so maybe Seth Green, she's going to think that Seth Green is impersonating Tim Blake Nelson. And then I was, like, oh, no, wait, that's not what happens. But at the wait, same time, I was, like, I don't think we ever learned the made the shrine, though, do we? Yeah, that was a mystery that I could not solve. Well, I, I think that it was um, Tim Blake Nelson as Alicia Silverstone made the shrine, hmm. maybe. But but or Seth maybe it was. Seth, I think was, it was. was his I think son. it was Seth Green who made it because he was like obsessed with how that guy worked. I don't know. That is a question for you know James Gunn. There is there is that newspaper clipping where there's where Tim Blake Nelson has his arm around 
a little redheaded boy at what looks like a yeah. science fair or something yeah. like that. And I assumed it was going to be his son. Like, I thought... That's what I thought, too, but they didn't it didn't happen. that, right? It yeah. Didn't, didn't materialize. Huh. Yeah. Anyways, fun facts. This is a fun fact I pulled from Wikipedia when I was um, doing fun facts for the first one last week. In a 2019 interview, James Gunn revealed that he was set to write and direct the film, but... That did not. This is for the first. This is for this one. But I, it was a fact that I found when I was pulling facts for this, the first film. Um, he was supposed to write and direct the second film, but it did not happen due to the financial disappointment of the previous. What? Wait, that doesn't make sense. Oh, I think this is for the third film. Mm. He was supposed to write and direct the third film, but it did not happen due to the financial disappointment of the second film. Stating, although it did well, it didn't do well enough to warrant a third, so the movie was never made. Mm -hmm. Gunn tweeted the plot for the cancelled film that the, that the Mystery Inc. gang are hired by a town in Scotland who complain that they are being plagued by monsters, but dis we discover through the film that the monsters are actually the victims. Scooby and Shaggy have, come, have to come to terms with their own prejudices and narrow belief system. Hmm. And a third installment was released, but due to poor reception got cancelled, according to James Gunn and the Mystery Gang were going to stop. And that was one that was pulled... From the IMDb fun facts for this film. Yeah, I already said that, that the it was my outfit, I swear. It was an ad lib by Linda Cardellini. Um, all the costumes seen at the Criminology Museum are fully functional, meaning that they could all be worn. The plaques accompanying them also included trivia on the specific costumes based on the original cartoon. Cool. That's so if cool. you were on the set, yeah. you could wear the costume and read about them from the actual series. That might I think have been, there was only... I'm oh, sorry, say, Joe. Uh, I was going to say, that might have been my, my favorite element of this film, was the recreation of those classic costumes from the, there was, from the cartoon I think series. there was only one of them that was not ever in the original. I think it was the Con Candy yeah. monster. Mm -hmm. That might be one of these facts. That's, I, I also don't recall the Franken-Chicken or the 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 zombie dude um that sort of bald zombie dude i don't recall him mm -hmm. oh isn't that guy he's in the beginning of the opening credits now is he like the little monster guy yeah like the like the bald looking frankenstein guy yeah well there's so there's like a there's like a a, a metallic frankenstein that was in the in the cartoon there was the the diving bell uh dude and there was um you know a bunch of the others but i do not recall specifically that, that bald one. fella mm -hmm. but definitely i do not remember the franken chicken mm. but yes definitely um. no cotton candy monster i did enjoy when when he realized the cotton candy monster realized that he was about to get eaten that was yeah. <laughs> that, that was actually pretty fun that was probably the best day ever for shaggy and scooby I, to get to eat like a 20 foot tall thing of cotton candy he was like i'm gonna give you cavities <laughs> um, all the actors did their own stunts, which pleased them all, in particular Freddie Prince Jr., who was very keen to do the motorcycle joust. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's cool. So, I mean, I wouldn't expect Sarah Michelle Gellar to do her stunts because she did it. I believe she did all of her stunts for Buffy. Nope. Uh, there was a stunt team uh, for her because that would have been a lot of work. And, and some, mm -hmm. of those, some of those hits that they take on that show look like they hurt well and they could also film those on like a off days a b unit yeah yeah, yeah. A second unit um for sure because that, that would have been that would have been way too grueling to do a uh, a weekly television series with that much action choreography um for her to do that and all the talky bits mm -hmm. that would have been i think impossible and dangerous like at a certain point I'm, she would have probably got hurt mm -hmm. and speaking of buffy sarah michelle geller and seth green previously both starred in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, 
a series which made many references to Scooby-Doo cartoons. Their group was often referred to as the Scoobies. Mm-hmm. All true. Interesting. And and Seth Green was was on for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Wasn't part, he uh, um uh what's her face from How I Met Your Mother, her boyfriend for a brief stint? Oh yeah, yeah. Before he she was, he was um Willow, uh, Allison Hannigan. Yeah, he yeah he, she he, before she was um in a relationship with Buffy's like half sister. No, she was for... uh, no no no. Uh, Willow was was in a relationship with with somebody else, a girl called Tara. Um, but it, Seth Green started in season two and went through season four. I think season four was the last know. season I watched. Yeah, that was like. I think I watched like the first half of the season where they go to college and that's it. Yeah. All Let's... right. We're starting a Buffy podcast, guys. We're doing a Buffy rewatch. <laughs> Honestly, Let's I think go. that would be Joe's dream. <laughs> it, well, you know, I, I've never seen any of that show. So Seasons one through three are brilliant. After that, it's only scattered brilliance here and Mm-mm. there. Nope. We're going re- full rewatch. How many seasons? There's seven. We're watching them right now, Sarah and I. We've, we just finished season five. All right. I'm coming over. Let's end this podcast right now. Let's fucking go. I got Buffy um, episodes to watch. <laughs> During the scene at the Fogo, Scooby spits an egg into the cup of the thug next to him. The thug is a cameo appearance by Scooby-Doo's voice actor in the movies, Neil Fanning. He is uncredited in this role. Hmm. And this was released on the 35th anniversary of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Mm-hmm. So March, yeah. I think it was March 26, 2004. That is the 20 or 35th anniversary. Um, in this film, Thelma gets a boyfriend. That was a studio decision differently from the original plan of the character since she was initially conceived as openly gay as revealed by james gunn yeah and she's I'm, i did i did yeah yeah uh, velma's like that's weird. often hinted at being gay they did that in mystery incorporated and they did it really well um mm-hmm. i i know mindy kaling is doing a velma tv series i think for home box office maximum and i think I don't know if they're making her gay or not, but I do know that. I would all... be interested in seeing that, especially considering it was supposed to be Velma and Daphne in a relationship from the first one, right. like the first one of these movies. Yeah, it's funny because speaking of the Mindy Kaling, Kaling one, they it's she's going to be East Asian, so probably Indian. Um, she's going to be, uh, there's not going to be any Scooby and possibly no Shaggy or anybody else. And at which point I'm like, this sounds like an entirely original idea. Why are you putting, like, superimposing Velma Dinkley on top of all this? Just make your own original thing. Um, Yeah. But that's a different... Everything has to be an existing IP, all right? That's how you get viewers. Yeah. (laughs) That's why so many YouTubers just rip off other YouTubers. That's exactly why YouTubers do that. Yeah, that's a crime. (laughs) I mean, you get views because then you just put the other... Whatever. Um, for the most part, <laughs> I, I love that you realized we don't care, and you were like, "Let's move on." <laughs> Sorry that my producer brain gets in the middle of things. Mm. Um, for the most part, this movie makes no reference to the previous Scooby-Doo film. However, at the end of the film, where Shaggy is asked to wear the helmet, you can hear Scooby say, "Mary Jane is a man in a mask" to some fans. I tried to listen for this. I didn't hear it. And the second thing is a reference to is there is a reference to a picture of Fred from the first film in the old clubhouse. They also had a thing about Velma's neck name nameplate necklace, Red Velmster, which is a nickname Fred calls her in the previous Scooby film. Mm. So there's technically three references in the Wickles mansion. The gang finds a Celtic book with the names written on the first page. Among the names are Harry Hausen, mm-hmm. a nod to Ray Harryhausen, pioneer of stop motion anima- animatronic or stop motion animation monsters. Werner Brobos, which is Warner Brothers. 
and Monster Mash, which is the Monsters, plus the novelty song Monster Mash. Yeah, I saw that. I, that that's the only one I saw of that group. But yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Because it's at the very end, and you kind of they hold on it for a little mm -hmm. bit longer. Um, yeah. This one I was very, very sad about. Um, there was a gag created by the animators at Rhythm and Hughes where Scooby would turn into his cartoon version where when he's drinking the potion. The gag was not in the script and at was one point chosen to replace a less favored gag in which Scooby turned into George W. Bush. Ugh. In the end, the Warner Brothers heads decided they did not want the audience to compare the 2D Scooby to the 3D Scooby, so they chose to turn him into the Tasmanian Devil instead, who is, on the IMDb credits, credited as himself. Nah. <laughs> That's great. Because the Looney Tunes get their own credits. Yeah. That would have been cool if he'd been 2D Scooby-Doo. Yeah. <laughs> and then the final one is sort of a recasting, but it kind of goes along with James Gunn writing the script. Originally, Michael Rooker was going to have a role in this film. Uh, of course he was. I mean, and I'm very sad that he didn't because we could have gotten Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but that is all of my fun facts. So, Amy, this film... What, what do you, how do you judge it? It doesn't hold up. Nope. Not at all. Mm. Uh, Johnny? I'm going to go with no. It's a kid's movie, and I didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Joe? I still don't like it, but I like it better than the first one. doesn't mean I'm ever going to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, I think this is the fourth and final time I will ever watch this movie. <laughs> Unless I I've... just, like, happen to have kids and they want to watch it, or my sister's kids want to watch it, and I'm watching them. But no. Never watching it again. <laughs> the, the nice thing about kids is you are bigger than them, and so if they want to do something you don't want to do, you just say no. You could just bully them. Yeah. They don't know. I mean, also, when I was in high school and I had to, quote, babysit my sisters after school, literally the only like only thing I would do is I would turn the TV on and be like, here, watch TV. That's so. all that parenting is. <laughs> <laughs> well, listener, let us know what you think of Scooby-Doo 2 monsters unleashed you can let us know on twitter or instagram at nostalgitis n-o-s-t-l-g-i-t-i-s or nostalgiafectpod at gmail.com let us know if you enjoyed this movie are you one of the people that actually like this movie i don't know how many people there are that actually do like this movie never met them or let us know if you've started mystery incorporated on netflix because once again it's wonderful <laughs> i keep thinking this movie is called monsters incorporated and i'm just like, like i, keep, I monsters have kept incorporated, almost saying and I'm just that like, Wait a minute. That's not right. <laughs> yeah. I Monsters Unleashed. That's what it is. Terrible film. Don't watch it. <laughs> Monsters Incorporated is an amazing film. Watch that. Don't watch this. Hell yeah. And don't forget to be kind and rewind. <laughs>